0: This episode contains material that might be triggering for some. If you need to stop the podcast at any time to take care of yourself, please do so.
1: If you need support, you can call the 24-7 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.
0: And And this this is DBT and Me. Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. (laughs) I was right on cue. You were right on cue. (laughs) Um, Though I can't tell because Michelle's internet is terrible.
1: (laughs) God, it's just the worst.
0: (laughs) So sometimes I'm just sitting here going... I'm sure she's talking. <laughs> <laughs> it is a podcast, anyway, after all. I know. It is a podcast. So one imagines she's talking. And that's all you have to do. You can only imagine it since you never see us, which is sure. why our hand gestures are meaningless. No, <laughs> Weird model and introduction. Anyway, we are talking today about something that I would say is, I don't know, halfway skill, halfway concept. Uh, you know, so much of DBT is so, I don't know, regimented, so structured, so precise, so step one, step two, step three, and this is less that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is kind of nice, <clears throat> but it does mean, I don't know, today's episode, I'm going to say, is a little bit more freeform. I would agree with many that. of them will be. Um, which I find fascinating because I am waiting to see if this means Michelle and I talk more or less. Who knows, we'll folks? See. Who knows? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Keep listening <laughs> to see how long this episode is. Also, I'm so sorry. I just had lunch. <clears throat> Apparently, I just need to clear my throat 1,800 times. So, my apologies. I need <laughs> to clear my throat too. I'm going to do it right
1: now. <clears throat> I legitimately did.
0: <laughs> and I know. And I sound like I'm trying to interrupt you, even when I'm talking. Mm. Anyway, Michelle, no. (laughs) So the thing we're talking about today has kind of two different names and Michelle and I were talking about it before the episode realized that she's going to be talking about it more in one regard and I'm going to be talking about a little bit more in the other. So it kind of works well. The two terms that this thing goes by are ride the wave or urge surfing. Um, And yeah, it's useful when high emotions, I don't know, start to drive the bus. Um, a lot of this can look like, well, as the name urge surfing might have indicated, resisting urges for ways that we might act, especially self-destructive ways that we might act in the midst of high emotions. But also it can just to be, just to be, it can just to be about um, my terrible Italian accent. No, it can also just be about, uh, you know, letting an emotion rise, peak, and fall so that I don't know, you can find your wise mind a little bit more easily, right? It can be really hard to find our wise mind at the peak of an emotional experience. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Somewhere between extraordinarily difficult and impossible. <laughs> yeah. So you might have to engage with this concept slash skill a little bit when you're needing to seek out your wise mind in particularly tough or especially emotional situations. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah, There you go. I'm not even sure what module this falls under because I do remember this being talked about um, back when I was taking the girls who lived at Phoenix House to DBT groups. Like, this was Mm -hmm. a thing that I think was talked about more in the first (laughs) manual, but I looked in the 2015 second edition manual that Kate and I use and lots of other DBT facilitators use, and I looked in the glossary for Ride the Wave, and I couldn't find anything. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't find anything. I'm guessing it's in the emotion regulation module. It's got to be. But there's a reason why we haven't talked about this skill up until this point. Because, again, it doesn't have a ton of direction. And where is it? It just hides somewhere, the DBT I remember being taught it,
0: too. I mean, Mm -hmm. but that was a number of years ago. Yeah. 17 years ago that I went through DBT. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. But
1: I remember being taught it. Yeah. So it seemed important to include it somewhere in the podcast, but there's a reason why this is maybe coming more towards the (laughs) end after we've worked through a lot of the other skills because it's often forgotten about or not talked about as much. And yeah, I think a lot of people really like this skill and gain a lot from
0: using it. I think this is one of the more, and you correct me if you think I'm wrong, Michelle, but I think this is one of the DBT skills that gets utilized more by non-DBT people. Like I think a lot of therapists and people are aware of the skill that are not DBT focused oriented, what have you. I think this Mm -hmm. one is a, I don't know, a broadly applied skill. Yes. I would totally agree with that. And I'm already bracing to
1: talk a lot. I can, I I just feel it. I'm about to talk a lot. Um, so right, like with this idea of ride the wave or urge surfing, um, I was really first introduced to this idea when I was getting trained to work at Phoenix House. And it wasn't talked about in the context of DBT, as you were just (laughs) saying, Kate. (laughs) Um, Because I had to go through this two-day training that basically, I mean, it encompassed a lot of things, but it was all about de-escalation. So when Mm. you are in the presence of Uh, someone, whether it's a child, teenager, adult, whoever, and they are escalating, how do you bring them back down? And that was where I learned something that we shared on a previous Q&A episode with the person in Australia who was working in the um, mental health unit at a hospital, I think, of like to not say the word calm down, (laughs) like to not say that phrase, and to keep your commands five words or less. There were lots of different strategies that we talked about. In this training, including how to put people in literal physical holds if they were coming at you to assault you, Um, because that was definitely a thing that I had to use if a girl was coming to punch me. Oh, yeah. Wait, did you ever have to use it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I had to use holds fairly often, mostly two-person holds, where we were trained in how to, like, basically get someone on the ground safely, or how to get them up against the wall, um thankfully I never had to use the skills I learned to get out of having my hair being pulled or to get out of being bit I never got bit and of that I was very proud (laughs) did you ever get punched or were you always able
0: to restrain them I
1: had okay I'm totally going off on it I know but but I want to okay so there was one day (laughs) where it was snowy out and we had this one girl she was like the youngest girl we had she was like 11 but she was a She was a bigger girl for her age. I mean, I'm pretty small. I'm 5'1". She was taller than me. Okay. Um, And she was having a day. Things were not going well. And she went outside and we had, I don't even know why we had them. Nobody used them, but we had these patio chairs. Oh, yeah. And she picked up one of the chairs and she was about to come at me with this chair I mean, it was pretty scary, and a voice came out of me that I've never heard before, (laughs) and I said her name, and I said, put the chair down, but I said it in this tone of voice I didn't even know that I had, and she (laughs) did. Otherwise, I I think I probably would have gotten fucked up that night, Um, and I would have gotten pretty hurt. Um, I had a girl put a pencil against my throat once, trying (laughs) to be threatening, Um, you know, but I, I did I have a girl hard. punch me the arm once, but that was not Weird. too bad. Like, I, I don't know. I oh was relatively gosh, right. Someday
0: I'm going to have to get more of these stories. I realize there's a lot I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they are how some are pretty you? good stories. Woo. I'm not even going to lie. They are good stories. Um, So back to what we're, I guess, here to talk about. Um, so I was in this <laughs> training, and we talked about how it works when people get escalated and then how to bring them down. And the general neuroscience behind this is that, right, something happens, an event, there's a trigger. There's always a trigger. (laughs) Something (laughs) happens that is the cause of this person escalating. Sometimes it's really hard because some triggers are super obvious. Some triggers are very subtle. A trigger might be somebody having a thought about something or having a memory. Well, you can't see that you know <laughs> yeah you aren't always on the outside you may not know what the yes trigger is. you may not know what the trigger is but someone has a trigger and then basically there's kind of this ramping up period and we talked a lot about this working at the group home of like that's the time to try some of these strategies like try to notice a person's cues when they're getting a little agitated or something's happening where they're starting to get overwhelmed and that's the time to try to intervene. So there's this ramping up and then you reach the peak. If, if you try something in the ramping up stage and it doesn't work, then the emotion is only going to build. They're only going to escalate more and they're going to eventually reach this peak. The peak is when they are punching you in the arm or whatever it is. Like that's when they're at their peak. That's normally what we would have to put them in a hold is because they're about to harm themselves, another girl, us, whatever it is. So things reach this breaking point. You know, they're throwing something. That's the peak. And then a lot of times people come down remarkably quickly not always mm-hmm. but sometimes like that I'm thinking of the girl who punched me in the arm because that was like my first week and I was driving oh. and oh, she no. punched me in the arm and again it didn't hurt all that bad but I was just shocked and yep. I just looked at her and I said her name and I was like ah! <laughs> you know and she just immediately she like as soon as she punched me she was done it was crazy you know like that is intense she did the thing that she wanted to do and then she was done. (laughs) Um, And this is what would happen a lot of times when girls would have to be put in holds is not always. I mean, they would a lot of times try to fight to get out of the hold. They didn't normally have to be in a hold for more than two minutes. Uh, That would be a long time to be in a hold. And they would calm down uh, because they, they did the peak thing to get into the hold. If that makes sense. They threw the thing they wanted to throw. They, you know, grabbed the knife from the kitchen that they were wanting to grab, which we had to have those locked up like three different ways. So if a girl got a knife, that was because we had done something terribly wrong as staff um, by leaving something unlocked or leaving it on the counter stupidly or something. But um, they would come down immediately. And then once you've gotten to the peak and you drop down, there's this period of exhaustion a lot of the time they would call it where like you almost dip below your baseline. You're going to be really tired. Actually like, for... run out. Yeah, which is why I mean, I'm guessing for most of our listeners, I can think of it for myself, when you have something really intense happen, once it's done, like you're done. (laughs) Like you're just wiped out. It's like a bit of an adrenaline
0: crash, right? Oh yeah.
1: It completely is that (laughs) of like your brain was doing all this work and firing all these chemicals to respond to this trigger, whatever it was. And then once you've reached that peak and you come down from it, your body really dips so that you can replenish and then get back to your baseline, normal, I'm chill, neutral, calm place. <laughs> <laughs> so there really is literally when we're talking about. This idea of riding the wave. I say all this to say, there is a wave that regardless of what the circumstances are, regardless of what the trigger is, regardless of what it looks like when we are each ramping up or when we reach the peak or when it drops. And it's a pretty steep drop. A lot of the time <laughs> we're like, again, you, t- you can come down very quickly, once the thing is done, sometimes. A precipitous fall. A precipitous fall. Ah, nice. I don't know why that sounds lovely. Uh, I guess the word <laughs> precipitous terrifying. is like a pretty word. But yeah, I know. I th- I'm thinking of like a waterfall. <laughs> That's not that lovely. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it drops. And then we have this little recovery exhausted period where we're getting back to baseline. And it. it this is just how it works universally for all of us, we follow this pattern. Now, again, these these different stages are going to look different for everybody. What I may look like at my peak of stress might be very different <laughs> than how Kate <laughs> looks at her peak of stress. But everyone has a peak. Everyone has a ramping up. <laughs> we all reach certain points. Um, and it's one of those things where when it comes to riding the wave... Um, don't get me wrong, like, DBT has skills that very much help with this, where, like, when you are at your peak, Mm -hmm. what can you do? And a lot of DBT skills really target when you sense yourself ramping up, what can you do? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You know, tip can be very helpful when you are at your peak. Uh, For example, that's, I would say, the main one. But sometimes it happens where, You know, when we reach the peak, we don't always stay there for very long. However, Mm -hmm. what happens when we are at our peak can have some pretty devastating consequences (laughs) occasionally. Um, And then we have this, I like how you put it, Kate, this adrenaline crash. And then we're left to deal with those consequences sometimes. (laughs) yep so it's it can be too ambitious sometimes to expect that we can always intervene when we're at the peak because it can be so rapid and so fast that we do the thing and then it's done it's like whoa what just happened um so this is where this idea of ride the wave is really just about recognizing that this is kind of the flow and it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that we are powerless Well, I'm just going to reach my peak and this is what I'm always going to do. And this is what's going to happen every time, you know. But when we anticipate that, then we can hopefully catch ourselves a little more in the ramping up before we get to the peak. And we can do something there so that we don't get to the peak Mm -hmm. and we start coming back down a little sooner. Um, I'm going to pause here before I go into my personal sharing. Do you have anything else to add
0: to this, Kate, or any thoughts about what I'm I realize <laughs> that. I mean, we. I think perhaps in oversight, don't have a specific space in here where we describe as best we can, like the actual process of riding the wave, like what mm-hmm. you might do physically, what like stuff like that. I don't. You know, I can talk about that. You can talk about that. I just thought that might be probably a thing we ought to talk about at some point in there um otherwise no I think neuroscience wise you got it pretty nailed cool awesome yeah I mean that's a good
1: point because we are going to talk a little bit in the second part of the episode basically of
0: what we recommend to help with riding the wave um that's true I guess I was thinking about like what to do like to help you do it and not what is doing it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, totally. maybe yeah. That's, my, that's my, maybe I just didn't understand what you meant by that for the second half. So that's possible. It could just all be a big misinterpretation on my part. In which case, we'd have gotten there and I'd been like, "Oh, that." <laughs> no <laughs>
1: worry. What we're doing? Um, yeah, definitely at the end. If you feel like there's more to be said or things okay. that we further need to address, I, I definitely want to because this is this is very tricky. Um, and it's going to be so individual to everyone of, like, knowing what your warning signs are. And that was something we worked on a lot with the girls at Phoenix House. For some of the girls, mm. it was like um, I would see it when they would start to pace or get really restless. Right? They would have a hard time sitting still. And this means they were ramping up about something. And it was like, okay, so what are the, what's the thing that we're going to intervene and do here so that... They don't get to that point. I think I mentioned her before. She's the one who punched me in the arm, actually. And she would just pace the backyard. Circles. Circles, mm-hmm. circles. And we'd be like, hey, go take a walk. Go take a walk. And she would. And that would typically, again, kind of prevent her from getting to the peak. Because she'd already be coming down as she was taking
0: I guess it's a good question. Like, mm-hmm. do you think of Ride the Wave as being a way to prevent reaching the peak? Or being a way to make it through the peak
1: that is a very good question <laughs> yes to both i mean i think it's something <laughs> i think it's uh, something, no, cheating. Yeah, that is a little cheating <laughs> <laughs> i just got something stuck in the throat, <clears> throat> <coughs> i'm Don't okay die. um i mean i think it is something where again depending on what your peak is it can be helpful and good to know how to try to prevent yourself from getting there. But, I mean, I'm talking about pretty extreme peaks here, right, with the girls that I worked with at Phoenix House. It's a pretty extreme. If your peak is like, I'm going to physically assault someone, yes. <laughs> like, let's intervene before that. But for some people, their peak is like, I'm going to cry. and That's their peak. Well, there may be a lot of benefit by allowing yourself to reach that peak, and have that, and then let yourself come scattered. down naturally. Yeah,
0: that's um, so funny because I this I thought I have sort of firmly had it placed in my head as a way to weather the peak, without doing uh-huh. <laughs> the thing, whatever the thing is. So in the case of some of your girls from Phoenix House, that would have been assaulting other people. Mm-hmm. I'll get into this more later. But in my particular case, that might have been self harm, right? So it wasn't about not getting to the peak, but it was about getting through the peak. Without doing the thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess it really can be conceptualized
1: that way. Like, I almost imagine it as, like, you know, it, like, if you're driving towards a cliff, then it could be, like, you take this, like, U-turn and you don't ever get to the cliff. Sure. Or it also can really be that, like... Brace. No, sorry. Yeah, well, a little bit. But But also just even, like, you know, yeah, you're feeling your feelings the whole time. You're mm. you're feeling it, but you're processing them differently. You're making a different choice so that even if you're feeling something really strongly, you're not doing the urge, whatever that is. Um, and you might be noticing that you have that urge, but you're finding something else to get you through it, which is where, like, the urge surfing term comes from in regards to the skill of, like, we have these urges – And how do we not act on them and how do we just notice it and how do we maybe probably choose another DBT skill, maybe like accepts or something else, to help us get through the urges so that we don't do that thing. (laughs) I hope I'm not complicating it more. (laughs) Maybe I am on accident. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it can really be viewed both ways. I think there could be a lot of benefits depending (laughs) on what the peak is of people reaching the peak and seeing that the peak will not kill them and that they are okay Mm -hmm. and that they can get through that and Mm -hmm. it's all right. And I think there's also something to be said for like if you are able to divert and not reach the peak and come down sooner, then you can still feel your emotions and be in them and riding the wave of them, but you're also making a conscious different choice while you're still experiencing the thing that you're experiencing.
0: Interesting. I think yeah. we might just be using slightly different terms to say the exact same thing. That's
1: what I'm kind of sensing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I am thinking of something in the term, I'm thinking of it as going through the peak, and you're describing it as not, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think so. Hopefully this makes sense, <laughs> listeners. We're too early we now so. to back out.
0: <laughs> and hopefully it'll
1: make sense when we talk about this personally. Yeah. That would also be that the goal. Cool. Um, which admittedly, like we are, we're going to talk about it in two very different ways. Um, so the way that I'll talk about how I've seen this come up for myself. Um, excuse me. Yeah, Kate and I just ate lunch. Um <laughs> The way that I'm going to talk about this for myself is like, I have, I've kind of always had perfectionistic tendencies throughout my whole life. Always. Um, I think a lot of that comes from being a dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, dance is a very perfectionistic activity. You are always striving to do better. And the reason why I bring this up is because I think I've taken a very perfectionistic approach to my emotions. In the sense of either like I am so busy and distracted and doing a lot of (laughs) things that I'm just not creating space for myself to be and to feel them. And to experience them. I'm just kind of constantly putting them on the back burner. (laughs) Back burner that. Back burner this. Don't have time to think about that. Don't have time to deal with this. That I don't think I really growing up gave myself a lot of opportunities to ride the wave. To actually feel my feelings. To actually allow myself to reach a peak. (laughs) To actually release. To Mm -hmm. actually... I just... I didn't very much. I I really didn't. Um, A lot of times for me, the peak would look like crying. I think that's what it looks like for a lot of people. It depends on the emotion, right? But I mean, I cry when I'm angry. Um, (laughs) I cry when I'm sad. I cry. (laughs) Crying is like my main thing. So right there's kind of this ramping up. Of like, you know, you can feel the tears behind your eyes sort of a thing. And then there's the actual releasing of it. And when the tears are actually falling, that's probably when I'm at my peak. And I just, and I, and I see it with clients all the time. People are absolutely terrified to get there. Terrified. Terrified to let themselves cry. Terrified to reach the peak and to see what that means. And to feel the thing and to be with the thing. People just don't. just don't want to do it um Mm -hmm. and I would sometimes when I was younger but it was a lot of times like in private before bed I would store things up all day long and I just wouldn't really let myself feel or acknowledge my emotions very much because I probably really do deep down hold this myth um that like Feeling emotions is a sign of weakness, or something like that. Like I definitely think I very much feel that way. Or also just that like emotions are problems to be solved. (laughs) That's probably myth too. Of like, okay, so I feel something, and (laughs) yeah, and then how do I make it stop? Like, how do I make it go away? What are the boxes that I need to check or the things that I need to do so I don't feel mad anymore? So that I don't <laughs> feel disappointed anymore. So that I don't feel anxious anymore. That what your is- emotions come down to a checklist, too. Dude, <laughs> this is this is my programming. <laughs> yes,
0: Michelle's
1: this is my about the programming. For those who don't know this, yeah, <laughs> to and
0: checklist to human.
1: Yep, and I really don't think I honestly started to work on this a lot until I started therapy four years ago. Well, sure, yeah. Um, where and going through the group therapy experience that I went through really helped because it's all about getting into to the peak of your emotions. It really is. Ooh, okay. Um. In the hypnotherapy work that I've done um, where you are, you know, in this trance state, um, a common release is to um, hit, like, they have a punching bag on the floor. And they give you, like, this, um, they call it a hose. But it's it's kind of a flexible, it's not as flexible as, like, a pool noodle. It looks like a very small pool noodle. I don't know what it's made out of because I don't know very well what materials are but anyways you hit the bag with this hose and it's this energy release and you can scream and you can cry and you can whatever it is but you are at that peak and you release and then almost like as soon as you do it you do feel that exhaustion kick in practically immediately but it was all about everything that i did at those group weekends was just feeling the peak of your emotions as much as you could feel them And seeing that it won't kill you. Like, you're okay. You can release that. You can feel that. And it's healthy. And then you would do that and you come down. And um, we did a process around, like, releasing shame. That basically, like, it brought your shame up to, like, a level 10. And you just kind of had to sit in it.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) And then, right, there was this coming down afterwards of, like, all right, now how do we, um, you know... Come through that so that we don't stay there. Uh, but I've had to learn. I think what I'm trying to say in all this is that I've had to learn how to let myself get to the peak of my emotions. I've Mm -hmm. had to learn that that's okay because when you grow up being chronically perfectionistic as I have been, um, It's so easy to just try to, yeah, honestly make emotions go away as soon as you feel them. And even though I grew up in a household where, I mean, my parents did a lot of things really well. I would say when I was growing up, I was never shamed for crying or that kind of a thing. It was very much like the minute that you felt something, you went and you dealt with that emotion kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if I was having a hard day, okay, go you know go have a good and then come back <laughs> kind of a thing but it was very much just like all right go feel your emotion and then it'll you know it wasn't really this sense of our emotions are with us all the time we're always yeah, feeling it's them
0: something yeah
1: yeah it's like oh so as soon as you feel an emotion go do whatever you need to do to deal with it kind of <laughs> and no so much in a shame way I think my parents were really trying to be helpful in that regard of just kind of like you know I had tools to deal with my emotions I would say but it was also just very much like as soon as you felt something you did the thing that you needed to do to get back to a state of joy because joy is where we're supposed to be all the time So whenever you're feeling anger, whenever you're feeling sadness, just go take care of that and come back (laughs) rather than recognizing like, you know, imagine how weird it would be. I'm just thinking of this with the ride, the wave metaphor. Imagine how weird it would be if you're like standing on the shore of the beach and one wave comes in and then no more, right? Like we're used to like a wave comes in, it goes back out, a wave comes in, it goes back out. Like it's this steady rhythm. It's this steady cycle, And it was almost this idea of just kind of like, oh, so a wave is coming in. Deal with that. And then no more waves will come. (laughs) That's sort of an idea. And it's like, no. Not quite how it works. That's not quite how it works. (laughs) Exactly. So for myself with this idea of ride the wave, I've had to go through this process of not treating my emotions like they are a problem to be solved. Recognizing that they are with me at all times. I can reach the peak. And that's okay. Um, and that it's, it's healthier to reach the peak than to try to constantly stop myself from getting there, which is what I did for a lot of my life because I didn't want to show the emotions and I was scared of reaching the peak. And so I've had to do a lot of work there. So that's my stuff around this. <laughs> Oh, Michelle! <laughs> and now we're gonna get to Kate's side, which is very different than mine.
0: <laughs> Occasionally, I love listening to Michelle because I'm like, oh, there are healthy people. Um, yeah, I mean, I,
1: admittedly, I really, I really have been fortunate to grow up in, by and <laughs> large, a pretty healthy household. By and large, you know. The. Uh, I, I was gonna say like trauma free, which I don't know if anyone yeah. is trauma free, but sure. like big T trauma free or something. Uh, yeah, for the most part, big T yeah. trauma free. Which I don't know if we should pause and explain what that means for our listeners, but um, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I've Just you and I of trauma, have trauma,
0: I guess. Yeah. yeah, but you and I have have very different life experiences, mm-hmm. very different. So one of the ways to illustrate that is Michelle was talking about her peak mm-hmm. <laughs> looking like crying uh-huh <laughs> and kate's peak looks like it looks a little different uh let's see things that have shown up at my peaks uh well the 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 perennial problem starting i don't know depending on how you want to define things somewhere between 11 and 14 was self-harm uh specifically cutting um certainly suicidality um, only one suicide attempt. Um, also, throwing things has happened an untoward a number of times. Um, there was the time I put my foot through a glass shower door. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle's talking about like, I cry. And I'm like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> there's a rage here, people. There, there's not rage.
0: <laughs> it's whatever nothing. your
1: peak looks like for you. Like, I am here
0: proudly representing those whose peaks might be a little more yeah. extreme. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm talking about. And so for me, I really do connect more with the idea of urge surfing in this particular thing. Because I have urges. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of reasons that I have gotten to those places. Um, it took a long time in my own therapy before I realized that somewhere below my... I think I have a pretty damn intelligent and rational brain. there way in the back was hidden an idea that my emotions would literally kill me um like actual death if I let them just go right they would they would literally kill me and or they would never stop right like if I just let this go, it would be a runaway train down an endless hill uh, and i was I was gone, I was a goner uh and so cutting was my way of stopping the train right? I, I wanted, I did not want, let's see, let's see if we're using the, the wave analogy, um, I thought it would never crest and break, so I just wanted out of the water, <laughs> like, and so that's what, that's what self-harm did for me. Um, it basically short-circuited my entire emotional process, um, it just stopped it, dead, um, which is what I wanted at the time, but is not so much the healthy. Um, so, that's that's my biggest urge, and that's the thing against which I have struggled the most uh, in my life when it comes to peaks um, and strong emotions. So, for me, I have an incredibly distinct memory of the first time I really decided to do this. Unfortunately, it was a long time after I took DBT. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of parts of DBT that helped me. Um, but it really saved my life in a lot of ways and incredibly decreased my self harm and things like that. But I was still, for many, many years after that, um, in a place where if things got bad enough, right? There was this, there was this thr- Ah, my skills breakdown point, um, as DC calls it. And what happened at my skills breakdown point was self harm. Um, so certainly going through DBT raised that bar, right? It used to be a much lower threshold until I was overwhelmed and turned to self-harm. So it raised that threshold considerably for me, um, gave me all sorts of ways to keep myself from getting to that threshold. I mean, it did a lot of lovely things. And you still got there sometimes. (laughs) I still got there sometimes. And when I did, I self-harmed. Uh, and that was true well into adulthood, long after I took DBT at 19, um, So I I remember, because it was not as long ago as one might hope, um, when I first really decided to just weather that urge, just go through it, have the feelings and let the feelings come to their own natural conclusion. And I'm here to tell you it was ugly. Um, Really ugly. (laughs) I was home alone, for which I am intensely grateful, uh, because there was a lot of screaming, Um, there was an abundance of weeping to the point where I threw up repeatedly from the crying. Um, it was ugly. Uh, I just, I don't know. I try and be very transparent. (laughs) I don't want people (laughs) who might live more at my end of the spectrum (laughs) trying to do this and be like, oh, this, I, you know, I'm I'm crying so hard. I'm going to throw up. Clearly this isn't working. No, you were just having really big feelings. And that's okay. Uh, It's okay. It passed. It did pass. I'm here to tell you, it passed. (laughs) I think the really ugly part was, I don't know, 15 minutes, but that included, you know, the last, the tail end of the ramping up and the peak and the beginning of the come down, right? There There was kind of all of that process in those 15 minutes but it it passed and that was the first time i was able to viscerally experience that my emotions wouldn't kill me um and also that they would stop i didn't have to engage in this behavior to make this emotion go away which was the the myth that was pretty firmly implanted in me through my own behavior, more or less. I don't, nobody, nobody came up to me like, hey, if you cut, that's the only that." I learned that one, unfortunately, on my own. Um, so that, that was, that's, that was my first experience with it. It's easier every time after that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when I'm talking about things that I think can help this. But man, I just want to extend a tremendous amount of Tenderness and understanding to the folks who hang out over here, uh, where our emotions can result in some pretty gnarly shit. Uh, even if we don't give in to whatever our urge is, um, it's ugly crying. <laughs> it's the snot down your face, choking on your own spit because you can't breathe. Right, hyperventilating, crying. Right, like this. It's not. It's not pleasant. And I don't think I've ever felt more triumphant, more relieved, more, I don't know, awakened to something than I did after that happened. Like, it, because it's a thing, in my opinion, Michelle may have different opinions on this. In my opinion, it's not a thing you can learn through thinking. You can't tell yourself that the emotion will end. You can't tell yourself that this too will pass and have it sink into the same level as experiencing it does. Because um, I knew, I knew. I was <laughs> By the time this happened, I was in or past, at least in grad school for, for therapy. Like I knew that emotions are a limited physiological process. <laughs> But the rational part of my brain absolutely had a handle on this fact. And <laughs> that visceral place that we understand certain things did not. It was sitting back there in my brain with its arms crossed looking at me like, yeah, right, bitch, whatever you say. Like, there was no, there was no belief. And that's one of the reasons to go through this, is because it's a way of viscerally teaching yourself in a way that no amount of, of talking or just thinking, I think, will will do. Um, and that's one of the reasons that it becomes easier every time, right? You'll start to gain that visceral understanding. What's another? Like, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase something. Oh, there you go. Like, I don't know. I talk about this a lot with clients around uh, anxiety. But it can work with a lot of things. Anytime we avoid something, our brains, our bodies learn that they were correct to tell us to avoid it, right? Often this is anxiety telling us to avoid it, but it can be all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. But if there's something we're like, well, I don't want to do that, right, is the first feeling, and then we're like, oh, you're right, let's not do that. Then <laughs> our brains and body go, oh, cool, we were right. Do that more next time. And we can get ourselves into this real cycle of avoidance. And so we have to start teaching our bodies that it's, that they're wrong. (laughs) We don't have to avoid this thing, Mm -hmm. right? That level of anxiety or that level of fear or that level of, you know, whatever our emotionality is, uh, doesn't have to be avoided. It's survivable. It may not be pretty, it may not be pretty (laughs) and it's survivable Um, so that's, yeah, my my whole personal experience with this is around self-harm, I guess and around teaching myself in that deep way that my emotions weren't going to kill me they weren't going to last forever and I could I could survive without self harm, uh, and that 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 changed my relationship with self harm more than almost anything I've had happen in the whole of my journey around it was just making it through that first time where I just laid on my bed and I decided I was like I'm gonna stick this out. <laughs> <laughs> so unpleasant michelle i get
1: it kind of imagining in my mind as you're talking about i'm like yes sounds rough
0: <laughs> really rough now there are a few things i hate more in the world than vomiting under any circumstances oh that's me too i hate but vomiting that. because you're crying that hard that just adds a whole nother level mm-hmm. of fucking awful so so much empathy right for you folks that are out here listening they're like oh you don't get it you don't understand how big my emotions can get (laughs) i get it yeah i get it i do i get it and i am i am here to tell you with literal personal experience that you can get it you can get through it Mm -hmm. you can survive it so yeah, I don't know, That's what I have to. I don't know what you'd have to add to that, Michelle, unless no. you have different thoughts on it. Right? It's
1: it's your life. It's your experience that you're speaking about. Um. But I mean, just really at the, I. You know, you're acknowledging something that's really important, which is why, I like, teaching this skill again, which I struggle to call it a skill. It is, but, you know, it. It's so much of just kind of like there is not necessarily a thing that you do.
0: It's a mindset at, in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, right? it is
1: a mindset. It's it's what you were describing. I'm just like, I am going to stick this out. I am I am at the peak <laughs> and okay. <laughs> and I and I'm just gonna have to stay here for as long as I stay here and I'm not gonna do the thing that I'm wanting to do. Right, with that
0: you know, cutting or drinking, uh, intoxication. Or, yeah. Yep. I was gonna say, yeah, using using drugs or alcohol. It um, could be using... calling
1: that person too, like if you oh, left a yep. relationship, but you're oh, like, oh my god, I want to, I want to talk to my ex, and you get to that peak where you like your fingers are about to dial that phone or like whatever, whatever it is to be like, I'm not. And I'm yep. going to just be here
0: in this I'm just gonna <laughs> have the feeling. Yep. yep. So it, it will pass. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like this strange conscious choice that's again very hard to make when you're at the peak. Um, and yeah. I just thought you spoke about
0: your own experience with it really nicely. Thank you. I, I just I don't know. I I just want everybody who's listening to feel capable. Yeah. Of it. Uh, I Yeah, I am not going to tell you it's easy. I'm not going to tell you it's pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am just going to tell you, you can do it. And man, are you going to feel good about yourself when you do? Yeah. You're gonna be like, fuck yeah, after a nap. Oh, by the way, speaking of the crash, I napped for like 45 minutes when that was done. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I bet. I passed the fuck out. Like, my body was like, we are done for a while. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, after I napped, I felt very good about Mm -hmm. (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yep yeah,
1: totally and I mean what yeah. you said like really spoke to it too of like how I was saying earlier like we reach the peak and if we do do that thing at the peak we can drop pretty quickly so right mm-hmm. like if you reach that peak and if you do cut then yep. you probably come back down pretty quickly of like oh, quickly. okay yep. I cut better kind of a thing and this is just being able to be like and yeah I, I'm not gonna drop as quick If I truly ride this way, like, I'm not going to drop. I'm going to be here for a while.
0: I'm going to be surfing for a bit. (laughs) I'm going to be surfing
1: for a bit. I don't know when these, when this is going to stop. And I just have to hang in there. And yeah, as you said, when you did do that, you, you know, your body went through the process. You did have that exhaustion period. It just looked very different than it would normally.
0: Yes. Yep. I allowed myself to have the whole process rather than short circuiting it. Yeah. Yep. Nice.
1: Yeah. I th- I think this is making some more sense now that we've shared a little bit more, um, especially Finger with you. Stressed. Yeah, <laughs> especially with you sharing, right? Like you said, it, it like kind of how the urge surfing can yeah. look with it when you have a really strong "I want to do this thing," which you know my experience didn't speak to. I want to do this thing. I want to cut. <laughs> you know, to be able yeah. to speak through working.
0: It all. And there's like you know your brain will tell you all that you know the cutting is the only thing or, yep. you know fill in the blank here with your urge mm-hmm. this is the only thing that'll help this is never going to end without it mm-hmm. this you know I don't know uh, personally I, you can also get to the like why why not do it like it's just other people telling you not to do it they can go fuck themselves <laughs> this is my way of coping anyway, just, just also acknowledging that during that emotional mm-hmm. stuff there might be a lot of um, thoughts though I will say that eventually. I was emoting too hard to think. Turns yeah. out when you're crying so hard, you're vomiting. There's not a lot of thinking. Oh, yeah. I doubt your prefrontal cortex is working very well. No, there was not, not really <laughs> any internal narrative. I would dip in and out of being able to have an internal narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, when my peak was high enough, there was not even an internal narrative anymore. There were only the oh, yeah. feelings. Well, right, like fight, flight, or freeze. <laughs> Yep, you know, Probably the feelings and then it would dip a little bit and I'd yeah. have thoughts which would push me back up again. Right. And mm-hmm. that's how it took so long. Yeah, really. Yeah, totally.
1: All right. So now, oh, what can you guys do? <laughs> um, Because, I mean, as I think what it was really illustrated in Kate's story here of a lot of it is you wait. That's what you do. you wait (laughs) and also people would be like okay but like what can help me wait um what can I turn to or try to do instead while I'm waiting um and I kind of think of this as like how can you be with yourself in this really hard moment when you're at the peak um so the thing that I want to say and then Kate's gonna share her thoughts Um, and ideas, but, um, you know, this idea of how to be compassionate towards yourself. Um, so, you know, it's like, uh, I'm, so I'm thinking about this with how Kate was talking (laughs) about what she was going through. And if I had been there with you in that moment, Kate, Mm -hmm. like as your friend, and yeah, I mean, you're, you're throwing up, you are crying. I mean, maybe at first I might've tried to like say something or try to, but eventually I, I don't have a choice. I've just got to, I would just have to be there with you. I, I really would like nothing else. <laughs> there's nothing you can really say. <laughs> nothing, you just have to be there. Um, but I really think it is trying to think of, how you can be like a compassionate friend to yourself in that moment to not take a dump on yourself with your self-talk. Um, as Kate said, <laughs> this, this may certainly arise because um, your brain's going to be trying to convince you to do the thing that you normally do. And your brain may say some not nice things to you and how to really see if you are able to weed through all of that to be, be kind to yourself, <laughs> even if it's just saying, "I'm doing my best. I'm trying to get through this." Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. That this too shall pass. So pick or choose oh, that God. one if you I like. Was it or say, not. Are
0: there people that hate that? I love that. I like I know some people who don't reminder like that in the universe.
1: They feel like it very <laughs> much minimizes um, oh, because, okay. in the sense of like, right? Sure, it'll pass, but you don't know. You don't know whether it's passing in thirty seconds or like three hours. Like you don't know how <laughs> fair <laughs> Or with like really big things in life like say grief. I mean grief yeah. is a never ending process as we've acknowledged, but sometimes people want to assign that phrase to things that
0: uh, you know I guess I, know. I think like this moment will pass but sort of but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but so. like
1: find a thing that works for you. Yes. you know? Yeah. Like yeah, a yeah. Little... No, that's just
0: me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I like that.
1: Like this moment will pass. not like the stressful situation it might stick around but this moment may pass yeah um of having just something you can try to say to yourself that gives you some encouragement to weather the storm that you are in in that moment um can be really helpful I would recommend trying to think of something beforehand when you are calm to do some intentional thinking or reflecting of like, what would my mantra be? What would be something that would be really helpful for me to hear when I, you know, especially if um, you are struggling with a, re- with a recurrent urge an urge that yeah. comes up for you regularly. Like Kate, you know, could have done this where in a moment when she's not triggered, not panicked <laughs> to be able mm-hmm. to say, what's the next thing that I want to, try to think to myself when I'm, you know, wanting to cut and to try to do some <laughs> thinking of it beforehand. So then your brain's more easily able to draw on it in that moment. It still, still maybe be really hard oh, yeah. to reach into the depths and find it, but it's more likely to be there if you've already thought it to yourself a couple times and landed on a phrase that is helpful. Um, Kate's also mentioned this before, the idea of a self-compassion break. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a moment of suffering. Others have suffered just as I am suffering. May I be kind to myself. Um, I've been able to pull that one out recently in a couple moments of my own suffering, you could say. And oh, I'm not happy about really your suffering, but I'm glad pulled help. out
0: the skill. Yeah,
1: it really does help because you and I have both gone through <laughs> Kate did a mindful self-compassion course. I've done a mindful self-compassion course as participants learning the mindful self-compassion skills. And it it, it really does work. It's three simple sentences, but they are powerful sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be something helpful to tell yourself while you're waiting <laughs> for... The urge to pass um, Mm -hmm. is to have some kind of mantra, or phrase you can tell yourself, perhaps on repeat. Or if there's a song that you like, start playing the song Mm -hmm. on repeat. Like (laughs) something to give you some encouragement or some fortitude while you're, while you're in it is what I
0: recommend. I like it. So let's see a couple of different thoughts. One is, so it also, this is depend this is going to depend on how strong your emotion is and how strong your urges is, etc. If you can, being literally grounded can help, right? Like have your feet flat on the floor or yeah. like lay on the floor or do something so that you're grounded on a very literal sense. Um, breathing exercises, right? Slow, deep breathing, you know, concentra- concentrating on breathing out for longer than you're breathing in. Um, if the trigger is like a situation that you're literally in if you're capable of stepping away of not being in Mm -hmm. it (laughs) anymore that gives you a better chance right so there's there are some i guess i would just say really basic things to help yourself with weathering it now eventually i don't know if you're anything like me the emotion may get to a point where you just yep <laughs> you, know, you, you are not capable of breathing exercises anymore. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> like, or other things like that. In which case, it's just, yeah, see you on the other side, my friend. Good journey. Right? Like, uh, but, um, you know, if you're a little bit lower, uh, of a, eh, if you have lower peaks, mm-hmm. um, or if you catch yourself earlier in the process. Yeah. Uh, then doing things like getting grounded doing breathing some of michelle's mantras also or ones that you come up with for yourself a lot of these can be really helpful especially in that early part of the process um and then i would say it's so funny my note just says practice 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 uh but really <laughs> every time you do it will be easier than the time you did it before uh there might be a little bit of backsliding if you were doing it about one thing and then try it on a different thing, right? I don't know. It depends on how ingrained, how different your reasoning for the urges are or how different the triggers are or how different um, sort of your self-talk is around those different things. So, you know, if you if you've done, you know, practice three times around cutting and then you try and do it for calling your ex, you may find that you're not as far along the process <laughs> with a different urge, Um If you self-harm in multiple ways and you've been practicing one way, chances are, I I, I would say that it will cross over very well to another way of self-harming. But yeah, practice. Practice, if you can, with ones that are smaller first, like every other DBT skill almost ever. Um, (laughs) Really, if you're able to practice it in less intense situations first, that's lovely. That's good. Um, But just, yeah, do it a second time and then a third Um, because I will tell you that while that first time for me with the self-harm was, as I said, ugly, um, it doesn't look like that anymore. Like the, Mm -hmm. the urge is still there sometimes as intensely as an urge, but I've taught my body that I can have emotions and, and they'll pass through. And that actually helps the emotions be less intense. Because part of what gets them so worked up was my own fear of them. Right. They're going right. to be and here forever. Be- yeah. And so that just makes you panic on top of mm-hmm. whatever you are already feeling. Right. So I still have pretty fucking intense emotions, but less intense and I'm not panicked about them, mm-hmm. which just helps. <laughs> So, uh, practice, 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 right? Um, it really, it really will get easier. And the whole, the, I guess the point of that is, I, I, if someone has a first experience, like my first experience, I don't want them to be like, that wasn't actually better than the thing that I was avoiding. That was horrible. And I never want to do it again. Um, it won't be that bad the second time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it may still be ugly, but less ugly yeah <laughs> like it's not whatever your first experience is. it's not going to be that experience every time I I guess is it's really what I'm thinking there so it makes it easier you know because you're more practiced etc but it also makes it it just it, I don't know how to put it it literally is easier um on your nervous system like it just is uh and so don't don't take experience numero uno as how it will look forever and always mm-hmm yeah
1: yeah. Very true. Do you think
0: we figured we have managed to tell people what it actually is rather than just talking about Yeah, or how to do it rather than just talking about what it is or something No, yeah.
1: I I actually think we've done a pr- a pretty good job. Good. And I think it's important yeah. to name as sure. we've done that like this is going to suck. Yep. It's going to suck. <laughs> and and yep. it's and it's going to suck whether <laughs> you are on maybe the, you know, the, Milder end of things, like I was talking about, or whether you're on the more major end of things, like Kate was talking about, whatever your experience is, it sucks whenever we get to a peak and we have to stay there. Whatever the peak is for you, with whatever situation, it sucks in that moment. Um, and Kate, you know, just with you speaking so openly about your own experience, I think that really shows that, like. It can it can suck really bad, <laughs> um, and that part of the process is letting it suck.
0: Yep. Learning like, you can survive. <laughs> you can survive the suck.
1: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Um. So in terms of homework, you know whether this comes up for you this week, you may be actively in the midst of trying to not do an urge as much, whether that urge is self-harm, whether that urge is something with addiction. You may be really, and and that gives a pretty clear example, I would say, of when you can try to use this skill is if you have urges like that that occur for you in your life. Um, Even if you don't have urges that occur like that for you in your life, I would then encourage you to maybe think back on a little bit of what I was sharing, which, hey, we all feel emotions all the time. And if you recognize for yourself that there are certain emotions that you really try to stifle, uh, for a lot of people, that tends to be anger. Uh, Anger is still one that I catch myself stifling a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anger might be one, um, but whatever it is, if you just notice that as you're going through your day, there's an emotion that you're not letting yourself feel 100%. You're stopping it. You're not letting it you're not letting yourself express it the way that it might need to be expressed or letting yourself feel it to the degree that you could feel it, this may very likely be something to just notice during this week for I would say nearly everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And to try to let yourself feel your emotion more and to see what it means to reach the peak and to be there and to let yourself come back down whenever you come back down. So, I feel pretty confident that for most, if not all of our listeners, there will be a chance to ride the wave this week, no matter whether it's kind of like a more urge-surfing kind of wave, or just, I'm going to just try to feel my feelings a little more, because I tend to shut them down kind of a wave. So, yeah. Nice. Um, it's awkward self-promotion time! Awkward self-promotion time! Yippee! Um, I'm going to start off by saying an awesome thing. Uh, Kelly, we're calling <laughs> you out. Um kate's sister kelly <laughs> decided okay. to donate to our patreon which was very sweet so kelly here's your shout out thank you,
0: thank you anything you want to say
1: to her kate she's your sister know. about
0: time no <laughs> <laughs> By the way my sister and I interact that's perfectly acceptable <laughs> she is a wonderful human being mother of twins all sorts of busyness she was like oh I keep meaning to do that so I get to tease her about it a little very bit very no. sweet of you Kelly thank
1: you Love thanks you. Kelly um so yeah anyways Patreon so <laughs> if you yeah. want to donate to the Patreon go to patreon.com dbt and me and And contribute. We would love it. Um, Also, check out stuff on Etsy. etsy Etsy.com and search for DBT and me. I was kind of thinking this may be the inspiration for something about the suck, right? Like, (laughs) I survived the suck or something (laughs) like that. I don't know. I'll have to think on it a little little bit. bit. (laughs) Um, But maybe something around Ride the Wave could be fun that I'll think of making um like so yeah check out our Etsy shop and consider ordering something and I'm totally blanking oh yeah rate and review us on apple podcasts if that's what you send listen us an email and emails yep <laughs> podcast at gmail.com I was like there's something else besides the email there's four <laughs>
0: things what's the third thing oh yeah that's what it I is. have to, I still have to look at it in the written notes every this time is I why we call page. it awkward self-promotion everyone it's true i feel like we, it'd be great if we had like a little sound we could play like awkward self-promotion i don't know like right? that'd be hilarious to me but <laughs> nice need like a little bell um okay we're on to closing moment aren't we yeah which i mean i don't want
1: to speak to it too much because you're going to be the one to do it kate but we're going to get i guess a little maybe mini practice
0: here somewhat with writing a wave or imagining us doing it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll drop into my, my usual tones of voice and everything else in a moment. Um, but yeah, M- Michelle has the right of it. Uh, this is going to be very similar to a cope-ahead kind mm. of idea if you've nice. listened to that episode. Um, which is to say, you know, we can do a decent amount of work without actually having to be in the situation. It's a limited amount, but it's an amount. Mm-hmm. And so uh, today's closing moment is just going to be an imaginary walkthrough. And uh, to see, so we can, we can practice ahead of time. We can cope ahead of time. We can see ourselves doing this successfully. Nice. So. All right. I'm excited. Okay. Oh, as for usual, get comfy, right? You can be sitting, standing, walking, laying down, whatever feels good to you in the moment. Just find some way that your body can be comfortable for the next few minutes. And if you're safe and comfortable doing so, go ahead and close your eyes. As usual, we're going to begin by just tuning into our breath. You don't have to breathe any more slowly or any more deeply than you are naturally. And this is just about paying attention. This is just about focusing in on the rhythm and the sensations of our breath and letting those welcome us into our body and into the present moment. So today, I'd like you to bring to mind a situation or a thing of some sort that is a trigger for you. Something that brings up a decently intense emotion. Now, I'm trusting your discretion here. Don't get yourself overwhelmed in this moment. But let it be something that's intense enough that you can feel. Take a take a moment or two, take a few seconds here, really sink into that imagining of it. Really notice what thoughts start to percolate to the top of your head as you bring this to mind. Notice what sensations do you notice in your body? Where do you literally feel this as you bring the situation to mind? be anything from muscle tension to nausea changes in your breathing your heart rate sweating having to swallow a lot having the urge to yawn all sorts of things just take a moment and tune in what are your thoughts what are your feelings when you bring to mind this situation or trigger And stick with it. We're going to let that intensify for a few seconds here. I want you to imagine, if you have it, the last time you went through this situation or trigger. What happened? How did that ramp up look and feel? How did you behave in that moment at that time? What actions did you start to take? This may have been an interpersonal interaction, so it may have been things you said or did to another person. It could have been something where you were alone. Whatever it was, I want you to remember what you started doing. This isn't the urge yet. This isn't at the peak. This is what were you doing and thinking and feeling as you were going up, as you were moving towards that peak of emotion. And now, perhaps predictably, I want you to imagine hitting that peak. I want you to try and bring as much as you can into your body and into your mind right now, the full brunt of that feeling, whatever that emotion is, the full brunt of the urge without imagining taking the action. What we're doing here is practicing doing this successfully. So anything else that you might picture yourself doing, or if you're listening and you're in a place where you can, maybe you can do it. If this is bringing you to tears, then cry. If you wanna yell about something and you can, yell about it. All of these things are okay, so long as you're not engaging in that urge, either literally or in your imagination. Or, if for you there's no urge attached to this, simply imagine that feeling coming to its full bloom, Its total effect living in your body and in your mind right now. Imagine what that could feel like. Physically, mentally, how your body would respond, what thoughts you would have. If you just let yourself have the feelings. Nothing more and nothing less. Spend a moment there. And now, we're going to imagine that beginning to fade. Maybe you've cried yourself out, literally, or in your imagination. Maybe you have screamed, maybe you have punched the pillows, whatever it is that you have done to have the feeling and or to express it healthily. And now we're going to begin to feel it draining out of our bodies. This would be a good time to take some slow deep breaths. You might also, if you're a visual person, Imagine it literally draining out of your body, seeping out from you, slowly but steadily, like water going down a drain. Don't be too quick to fill back up again on the back end of this. Allow yourself to be a little bit empty for a moment or two here. Let yourself hang out in that space of being drained. It's okay to be there, too. We don't have to distract ourselves immediately. We don't have to fill ourselves back up again immediately. Just as there was space for the ramp up and for that full-bore emotion, there's also space for the void that's left after it. So take a moment to spend your time there, too, to appreciate that relief and that emptiness. And you've had a couple of moments there, I would more than usual urge you to do a little bit of gentle stretching, continue with some deeper breathing, while you actively and intentionally put that experience away. Let go of the thought of the trigger, let go of the emotions that came to mind, try and let those thoughts pass. And try and let your body come back into this room and in the moment and that's what the stretching is meant to help you do remind it of where it actually is and what it's actually doing take it out of the imagined and into the real take as long with this process as you feel like you need or want but whenever you are ready you can go ahead and open your eyes thank you so much everybody thanks everybody
1: To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.